0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: If you would give me your attention And let me read something to you. An atheist was taking a walk through the woods, admiring all the accident of evolution. What majestic trees, he said. What powerful rivers, what beautiful animals, he said to himself. And as he was walking along the river, he heard a rustling in the bushes behind him. He turned to look. He saw a seven-foot grizzly charge towards him. He ran as fast as he could up the path. He looked over his shoulder and he saw that the bear was closing in on him. He ran even faster, so scared that the tears were coming to his eyes. He looked over his shoulder again and the bear was even closer. His heart was pumping frantically as he tried to run even faster. He tripped and fell on the ground. He rolled over to pick himself up but saw the bear was right on top of him. Reaching for him with his left paw and raising his right paw, ready to strike him. And at that instant, the atheist cried out, Oh my God, help me! Time stopped. The bear froze. The forest was silent. Even the rivers stopped moving. As a bright light shone upon the man, a voice came out of the sky. You deny my existence for all these years and teach others that I don't exist and even credit creation to cosmic accident do you expect me to help you out in this predicament am i to count you as a believer god said well the atheist looked directly into the light it would be hypocritical of me to suddenly ask you to treat me as a christian now but perhaps you could make the bear a christian very well said the voice the light went out the river ran again The sounds of the forest resumed, and then the bear dropped his right paws, brought both paws together, and bowed his head and spoke, Lord, for this food, I am thankful. (laughs) Now, question, would you rather do dinner or be dinner? Do dinner? Do dinner? Anyone? Me too. Chapter 19 is the story, if you're taking notes, write this down. Chapter 19 is the story of two dinners. Two suppers and reservations are now being taken. And you're either going to be at one or the other. Every man is appointed to be at one or the other of these two dinners. One dinner is for the bride of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And one is not for the bride, but it's for the birds. The birds. It takes place at the Battle of Armageddon. One is a glorious and beautiful dinner that we all want to be at. The other is bloody and brutal, and it's a foul dinner, and no one Wants to be there. Now, I don't know about you, but over the last several months, we have been, if you haven't been with us, I'll catch you up. We have been in a time period known as the Great Tribulation. We've been in a time period known as the time of Jacob's trouble. The tribulation begins in chapter 6 and ends in chapter 19. This is an awful time on the earth. It's a time of cataclysmic and catastrophic events that take place upon the earth. And the reason for the tribulation is because people reject Christ. And so God's wrath is being poured out upon a Christ-rejecting sinful world. That's where we've been. And it's been awful. It's been depressing. I don't know about you, but I am ready For the softer side of God. We've all seen that commercial, the softer side of Sears. I'm ready for the softer side of God. Well, we have that here in chapter 19. Chapter 19 is a dramatic change from the last 13 chapters. The somber gives way to the song, the darkness gives way to the light. From fear and dreary days of judgment to bright days of blessings and peace. Chapter 19 is the bridge between the great tribulation and the thousand-year reign of Christ, the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth to establish his kingdom. Revelation chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, if you're there, say amen. And after these things. Now underline that. We'll talk about it in just a second. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, underline that, highlight it, circle it, remember it. Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. And again in verse 3, they said, Alleluia! Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders, here we are in the heavenly scene, the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen and Alleluia! And then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God! All you his servants and those who fear him, both small and small, and great. Everyone should praise the Lord. Amen. And no matter whether you're small or great, or black or white, or male or female, or Jew or Gentile, everyone should praise our God. Well, then in verse 6 I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunders saying, "Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent That means all-powerful. Omnipotent means God can do whatever he wants because he's God. He's omnipotent and he reigns. Well, then in verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb. Now notice verse 7, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and underline this, and his wife has made herself ready his wife has made herself ready. And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And then he said to me in verse 9, write, John, write this down, Pastor John. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true sayings of God. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. Remember, John, he's on the island of Patmos, and he's been exiled there because of his testimony. And the people, God's people, the time period, they're being persecuted by the throne of Rome. And it is interesting to me, as you look through the book of Revelation, as you study through the chapters in the book of Revelation, there's there's this bouncing back and forth of the heavenly scene to the earthly scene, the earthly scene to the heavenly scene, the heavenly scene to the earthly scene. And John is a pastor, as we've pointed out. And John is writing to encourage his people. Listen, I can hear John saying it like this. If you're going to make it through the suffering, through the persecution, if you're going to to survive under the pressure and oppression of the throne of Rome, then you're going to have to live your life backward. What? Live your life backward? Yeah. You got to get your mind in the heavenly scene. Christians, we're to live our lives backward. You see, the world lives their lives from the earth to heaven. If I do good things, how my life here is on earth is going to affect my afterlife. The Christian, we're to live our lives backwards. We're to keep our minds and our hearts set in heaven first. And from heaven, then we live our lives here on the earth. So John has been consistently over and over reminding them of the heavenly scene. And what's going on in heaven? They're praising God. Praise and worship is the program of heaven. That's what they do. They praise God in heaven. Now, if you haven't been with us The book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible with its own divine outline. And that divine outline is found where? In Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, John is told to write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. The Greek word for after this is... Metatauta, you've heard this before, metatauta, and it means after this, after this means after this, after what, now remember, That one verse, Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, is a three-section outline. The first section is in chapter 1. John is told to write the things which he has seen. What has John seen? Chapter 1, go do your homework in your own time. Chapter 1, he's seen the resurrected, glorified Jesus Christ. And then he is told to write the things, second section of the outline, write the things which are, what is the church age, chapters 2 and 3. The church period. John is given seven messages to seven churches in chronological order from Ephesus to Laodicea. The things which are the second section. And then the third section, the things which must take place after this metatauta. Chapter four. After what? After the church age, chapter four, John is caught up in heaven. And the first thing he sees, it's beautiful. You can't believe it. It's colors and prisms and the throne of God is set in heaven. And John sees this crystal sea and it's the most beautiful thing he's ever seen there in chapter 4 as he's been caught up into heaven, which brings us to chapter 5 as Jesus stands to take the title deed to the planet Earth from the hand of the Father. And Jesus opens the seals and judgment comes out upon the Earth, which brings us to chapter 6. The Great Tribulation. The Bible calls it a time of Jacob's trouble. And from chapter 6 through chapter 19 is the Great Tribulation. It's an awful, awful time on the planet Earth. Earth, And so John is told in that three-section outline, write the things which are the things which you have seen and the things which will take place after this. Now, here we are, chapter 19, we are at the end of the tribulation. The week before last, we looked at chapter 17, the false religious system of Babylon that is dominated by The false prophet, and and he's devoured, and that system is destroyed. We looked at the two Babylons over the last couple of weeks. And then last week, we looked at chapter 18. The political, the commercial Babylon that is controlling the world will be wiped out in one single hour. Chapter 17 and chapter 18 are the religious, political, commercial Babylon that is destroyed and is gone forever. Which brings us to chapter 19. John says now here in our text, verse one, after these things, after what things? After the Babylonian system, religious, political, commercial, economic, as after that system is destroyed and gone forever, after these things, we move back up into the heavenly scene. And in heaven, they are praising and worshiping God. And praise and worship breaks out into heaven. And all of heaven gives God a standing ovation here in chapter 19. I love chapter 19. Did you notice how many times you see and hear the word Alleluia? Verse 1, verse 3, verse 4, and verse 6. Notice that Alleluia occurs four times in the first six verses. And this is very interesting for me to see. I think it will be for you. It is the first time that this word Alleluia or "hallelujah" is used. In the New Testament. And that's very interesting. First time it's used in the New Testament. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit reserved this word for this book at this moment. And the word hallelujah, it's a Hebrew word. And you can hear it over and over again in the Psalms. And I love the Psalms. Hallelujah and praise the Lord all the way through the Psalms. But this word hallelujah, it is actually a Hebrew word. And it means to praise Yah. J-A-H. You might want to write that down if you're taking notes. It means to praise Jehovah. It means to praise God. And it's a great word. Because no matter what language you speak, whether you speak Hebrew or Italian or Greek or Spanish or whatever you speak, whatever language around the world, this is the one. Actually, there's two. Amen. Which means so be it and hallelujah are the two words that are universal. No matter what language you speak. I've done a bit of traveling. I've been to a couple of countries and, uh, and and if you have, you know. I mean when you get to a country in various places in the world, there's certain words that you want to find out and discover and begin to use and know how to speak pretty much as soon as you get there. And one of the important phrases for me that I need to, I learn to speak when I get into any country is where's the bathroom. I mean, you, you got to know where the bathrooms are and you got to be able to ask people or glass of water, please. Uh, thank you. Hello. Good morning. Some of those words you, you got to learn in different languages. But this word, hallelujah, you don't have to know any other word. You can walk up to people, walk up to Christians in other countries, look them in the face and say, hallelujah. And they go, hallelujah. I love that. It's a universal word. And it is interesting to me that God reserves this word. Hallelujah. First time in the New Testament and he uses it in connection with final victory. Isn't that interesting? Hallelujah, because God is coming to judge and the wicked are going to be removed from the earth. Hallelujah, because the great tribulation is over. Hallelujah, because Jesus is coming. Hallelujah, because the church is going to get married to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, because true and righteous are his judgments in verse 2. Because in verse 3, he has judged the great harlot who formerly corrupted the earth. Hallelujah. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures, they fell down and they worshiped God. And then a voice comes from the throne saying, Everyone, small and great, worship God because the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Now, beginning in verse 7, I want you to notice something here. Beginning in verse 7 of chapter 19, it's almost as if God turns his attention from the harlot, remember the Babylonian harlot, to the bride. Interesting. In other words, enough about Satan's bride. All attention is turned to the bride of Christ. Now, who is the bride of Christ. All born-again believers are a part of the Bride of Christ. Amen? Not just those that go to Calvary Chapel, not that just those that go to the Baptist Church down the street, not just those who go to the Presbyterian or the Methodist Church, but all of those who are born-again believers are a part of the Bride, Bride of Christ. And Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2. Paul said, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you, note, as a chaste virgin to Christ. And then again in Ephesians chapter 5, if you're taking notes, it talks about the church being the bride of Christ and Jesus being the bridegroom. Now, keep in mind, we are at the end of the tribulation, and the bride has made herself ready ready to attend the feast, the marriage supper of the Lamb. This morning, I told you that chapter 19 is the story of two dinners, two suppers. This morning, we're going to talk about one, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then next week, when you come back, We're going to talk about the second, that dinner that takes place at the Battle of Armageddon. So this morning we're going to talk about, for quite a bit of the remainder of our time this morning, talk about that first supper. Now, listen, give me your attention. There are some who have questioned, and they've said that if the rapture of the church took place in chapter 4, before the tribulation started, they've said, then why are we just getting to the wedding feast? If we were caught up in the heaven with the Lord in chapter 4, then why has there been 13 chapters, chapter 6 through 19, the seven years of tribulation, and we're just getting to the wedding feast? Why? Well, I think the answer is simple. I think the answer is found in the Jewish wedding feast. The Jewish wedding feast. Now, the Jewish wedding feast is different than the weddings that we have here in Western civilization. Yesterday, I officiated a wedding at the Raleigh Rose Garden. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's absolutely beautiful. There's roses all around. It smells so nice. And I'll, some of you guys were at that wedding but uh, with me and uh, with the bride and the groom. But... Yesterday was absolutely the hottest day known to mankind. And we have this outdoor wedding. And the Raleigh Rose Garden is right there by by state, you know, by 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 North Carolina State. And so um and and when you're on like the main road, the, the actual rose garden is lower than the main road. So literally it felt like Hades. It was so hot, we were sweating so much. And, you know, I was telling the people, as a matter of fact, I said, you know, I would really be embarrassed right now if I was sweating this much and you were not. But since we're all, everyone at this wedding, we were all literally soaking wet. It was unbelievable. It really caused me to understand and to realize now I know why I'm a Christian. Because I can't deal with hell. Hell is hot. And, and I experienced just a little smidgen of hell yesterday. It was awful. Just awful. So we're doing, getting ready for the wedding. And I stepped forward with the groom and with the best man. And we stepped forward. And then the matron of honor, she stepped forward. We got an informal wedding. We just kind of stepped forward together. And we stood there. And uh, when I saw the, the bride in the back, I said to the audience, I said, let's stand. And when they stood, you know, one of the sisters was was singing. It was a beautiful moment. And the bride was standing there in the back with her escort. And she comes down the aisle and everyone's attention turns to the bride. And they're all checking out her dress. You know, they look, oh man, she looks beautiful. Look at that dress. Oh, she's great. And, you know, and all attention, all focus, all honor is being given at that moment to the bride. Now, in the Jewish marriage ceremony or the Jewish marriage feast, it's not like that. That's the way we do it here in this country and in Western civilization. But in the Jewish wedding, All attention is not necessarily on the bride. Guess what? You guessed it. It's on the bridegroom. Very, very interesting. So what I'm going to give you this morning, take notes, write this down. Three points. The Jewish marriage arrangement happens in three stages.